Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with coach and author Steve Hockman. Steve, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and yes, I, I'm very, very excited for this conversation today. Ah, thank you for having me on, Lisa. I appreciate it. Let's let's get into it. <laughs> yes, before we talk about all things training on and so on, I would love for you to just give us a little bit of a background story of how you got to where you are now in the sense of coaching and who or what made you the Steve that you are today. Yeah, awesome. So I guess we have to start when I was about six years old. Uh, I knew there was something sort of off and I actually had, I had Tourette syndrome really bad as a kid. And uh, that's where you make like noises and ticks, and you just really can't control the things that you're doing. And because of that, um, I was really socially awkward. I didn't really have friends and, and I didn't have that opportunity to learn how to integrate socially. So I just was way behind. And so that lasted until about the end of junior high and either I partially just grew out of it, um, which happens sometimes, or I just willed it out of my body, which I guess for me, it happened. But the thing is, is that I was always getting picked last for everything. So like, even like, uh, like sports, and I always knew I was an athlete, but I just, no one wanted to pick me. So I would just like left over and I would go on the team whose uh, pick it was not, not that they even picked me. I would just sort of left over. And because of of all that sort of misunderstanding and having no friends and getting picked last, I had so much just rage and, and anger built up in me. And so I actually went out for football uh, my first year of high school, not, not because I cared about football, just because I was told I could really just be aggressive and hit people and not get in trouble. And that turned into me getting a scholarship to University of Miami and becoming all American. And, and I really just fell in love with working out. Um, when I got to college though, so my dad, so in, in high school, we were mostly living out of a car. So I didn't know it at the time, but my dad was a con artist. And so I guess he wasn't a very good one because we never really had any money and we we're always getting kicked out of everywhere we lived. So we ended up living in a car when I, when I got that scholarship and he kind of came back into my life, my, my freshman year of college, I had just blown out my knee. So I had ACL reconstruction, no big deal. I would get it fixed. Uh, but he said he was going to go to prison for check fraud. And, um, unless I got him like $20,000. And so with my knee and with midterms and with just like all the stress of thinking my dad, who was my hero at the time was going to kill himself. I took these caffeine pills to pull an all nighter and stay awake. And I had this like massive anxiety attack. And in it actually that anxiety attack, it lasted for seven years. It was just constant. So for seven years, I, I could barely breathe. My heart would be racing. Um, and, and it just felt like someone startled me, but it would never go away for like seven years. And so I ended up dropping out of college. And the only thing that really gave me any relief was working out. So I really just like spent, like dedicated my, my life to just, you know, working out, whether it was 
MMA, weightlifting, boxing, uh, swimming, biking. And, and at the time I was also almost 300 pounds. So I was always trying to get big for football, but I really didn't know how to get lean. And so I was obesely overweight, full of anxiety. Um, a good friend of mine became a, a microbiologist chemist and he explained really how nutrition works and the glycemic index and all that. And very quickly I got really lean and fit and I was able to overcome all that anxiety and uh, people noticed and they wanted me to help them. And so for the first time in my life, I felt so valuable that I was able to help people, you know, like doctors, lawyers, judges, just, you know, executives and, and I was, I just thought it was so cool because for my whole life, like people thought I was just really dumb. I was just weird outcast because I had the Tourette's and everything. And so now I'm able to help people and train them. And, and I just fell in love with it. And so really it's been like that for me for the last 25 years, I've opened up many, many gyms. I started a big fitness franchise and, um, and it's really the purpose that I'm here for. So my purpose of life is to really just give the most value to the most people in the most ways. And one of those ways is through health and fitness because with health health and fitness comes discipline. It comes, you know, discipline and knowledge and the discipline to apply the knowledge, um, it, the confidence, um, you know, strength, just so many things come out of that. And so really that's where we are today. And, and that's, that's why I'm here. I love it. I love that <laughs> mission, that that passion, that purpose that you have defined so clearly for you. I don't think enough people actually pause and define their own purpose and what they really want to achieve in life the most. I love how many people you have been helping. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing your story with us. You mentioned that um, so many positive things come from training and uh, proper nutrition. I obviously couldn't agree more. Um, but I think, of course, with that often also comes a a very different mindset in regards to life overall and just um, probably also confidence and so on. Um, and I know that mindset is something that you like to speak about also or that like you like to incorporate in your coaching. Um, I saw somewhere that you wrote a positive mindset is a superpower. Maybe you can um, explain to us why you believe that's a superpower and um, how, how maybe how people can acquire or develop a bit more of a positive mindset in this sort of cynical world. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that anything that you want to do in life is enhanced if you have a positive mindset. You know, if you have a negative mindset, it's very difficult to even get out of bed. And I think the reason why so many people have a negative mindset is because they're not confident. And the reason they're not confident is because they don't hold their word to themselves with the little things. So see, for me, diet, nutrition, all that stuff, I never equate any of this to being lean or losing weight or even being strong. I really just create the person who I admire and I end up looking and being like that person I admire. So if someone were, if you had a friend that lied to you all the time that said, I'm going to be there and we're going to hang out. They don't show up and they say, okay, um, let, let's have dinner. They don't, they don't have dinner. They say they're going to bring you something. They don't bring you something. You really wouldn't have any confidence in that friend. You wouldn't believe in them. You wouldn't trust them, but we do that to ourselves all the time. 
So many people say, okay, I'm going to start eating healthy. And then they reach for that donut. I'm going to start working out. They hit the snooze button. They don't get up. And so what happens is because they've lied to themselves so much, they don't have confidence. And when you don't have confidence in yourself, it's really hard to be positive. Mm -hmm. So I've constructed a very positive person through holding my word to myself through big things and little things. And diet and exercise are just a, a really easy way to do it several times per day. And when you're confident and you're positive, it's like everything that you want to achieve or do in your life or attract just happens that much better and faster. Awesome. I I think that's a really great way of putting it also because you said you constructed and you created a positive mindset. I think too many people think uh, I'm a net or this person is a negative person. This person always has a negative outlook on this. Or when I wake up, I just have these negative thoughts. But like you say, it's not something that you either have or you don't have. It's that whole growth mindset thing where you're like, okay, maybe through some gratitude practice as well, that's something where you can over time just become more positive or by tuning out negative things like the freaking news or like cutting out some negative people in your life over time slowly um, that that you just generally notice, oh, I feel more at peace. I feel more like I can accomplish things. And I think over time, like you say, that that accumulates in addition with all these small little things um, that accumulates to a more positive mindset. Um, and and, and I, actually, oh, yes, go ahead. So sorry, I was going to say what you just said about gratitude. I mean, I think that's a really important one. So I don't even think happiness is a lot of people think happiness is a destination that they're going to get to one day that once I get this house, I'll be happy when I get, you know, my my girlfriend or boyfriend, I'll be happy when I make this money, I'll be happy. But really, the thing is, is like happiness is a state of mind. It's really being in the state of appreciation, gratitude, like you just said, and It's just like a muscle that you would develop in a gym. The more you are aware and practice stopping and being in the state of gratitude, the easier and the stronger you get at it. And the thing is, is that like if let's say the universe or God or whatever you believe in is watching you and they're like a parent. So if you had a kid and a kid has all these toys and the toys all work and your your kid says, I'm not happy with my toys. I'm not going to be happy till you buy me new toys. As a parent, you wouldn't give that kid new toys. You'd say, once you appreciate what you have, then I'll be happy to take you to get some new stuff. Well, I think the universe is the same way. And a lot of us don't even realize that we're doing this, but we'll be just super ungrateful for where we're at because of where we want to be, especially people that are driven and motivated. It's like this double-edged sword. It's a dichotomy where you, you want to achieve more. And so you're not happy and you're not in a state of appreciation for what you have. And then the universe is kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to give you more because you don't even appreciate what you have now. So the more we could stop and remember that and practice that, the better we get. And then the faster we actually get what we want, And then when we finally get it, it's kind of like a bonus. Like we didn't even need it because we already are happy, but we enjoy it because it's just awesome bonus. That's a really cool way of putting it. And I like that you said, like regularly stopping to to do that, to do that gratitude practice, et cetera, because it reiterates like trying to live and be more in the present moment while still setting goals and while like kind of that whole acknowledging your work in progress while at the same time 
you're already a great human being. I think that that's, of course, I mean, the one of the cha big challenges in life, um, generally being in the present moment while having a future focused mind as well. But yeah, I like how you put that. And that actually reminds me or of, of one other thing that I um, saw in your content as well. And it was kind of um, a really cool phrase that said, it's not the method how, it's who. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I personally took from that in the sense of I'm creating the person that does X, Y, Z, and essentially like the method about how we're getting, getting to our point, our, our goal. Yeah, it matters. But for example, when it comes to nutrition, we know that there are so many different methods to lose weight. You can be, you know, you can cut out carbs or you can lower your fats or you can add some extra energy expenditure, whatever it might be. But it's more about like creating that person um, that that does exactly what they're setting themselves out to do. Is that what you meant by that quote? Yeah, and you could go pretty deep with that, but like like on a easy level, if you have someone that gets surgery to look a certain way, maybe they get liposuction to lose body fat, maybe they take a drug like Ozempic or something to 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 lose fat, they get surgery to enhance like, you know, a fake booty or whatever they're going to get, they didn't change the who. They didn't change the who, they just changed the what. So there's the same person that didn't have the discipline to gain knowledge on nutrition, then apply the knowledge. And that same person won't excel in life just because they look different. They didn't change the who they just changed the what, you know? And so I think, I think that is a, a really big one. And I, with all my clients too, and even with myself, I, you know, everyone wants to lose weight. They always come to me. I want to lose weight. I want to get fit. And I, I don't even focus on the weight. I focus on who they are. So like, if I give you some new knowledge, and you don't have the discipline to apply the knowledge, you know, I always ask them, I go, do you eat foods you're not supposed to eat right now? And they say, yeah. I go, just because I'm going to show you how to do it, you're still you, you know, like, like all these people that are excited about New Year's, like New Year's is coming up right now. And people are like, like, they want to celebrate, like, like they're literally waiting for the clock to count down. Like, yes, it's a new year. It's like, dude, at 1159 PM, you're the same person at 12 AM. You're no different. And, you know, the fact that like someone like me has been doing this for 25 years, do you really think you're going to have the same mindset and discipline just because your iPhone calendar changed and now we're in 2024, <laughs> you habitually create that person who, you know, and, and that's why, like, I always tell people don't ever do it for yourself, which is counterintuitive. A lot of people think they got to do it for themselves, but your whole life, you've been letting yourself down anyways, you know, like you lie to yourself, you negotiate with yourself. So I always tell someone to like connect it to a higher purpose. Like if you're a parent and you want to set a great example for your kids, like if you tell your kids, like get off your iPad, you need to be more disciplined and study. And your parents know you want to be healthy, but you reach for that donut because you have no discipline. Then the words you're saying to your kids are not going to be that effective because they see you not doing what you say you're going to do. And a lot of these parents, they say the kids are the most important thing in my, in my whole world not as important as that donut you're eating. So I help people make the connection of who, and once you are the who, you look like that who. So I look like someone who's disciplined, who works hard, who has knowledge and applies the knowledge and, and lives by a certain set of standards. And all I have to do is focus on the who, not the what. Yes, I think that's a, a great way of putting it all in all and kind of like summarize that 
that that the thing with discipline as well and i don't think a lot of people look at it from that perspective even when they're when someone else at, at first when you said i don't want you to do it for you i thought you might say like oh you know get an accountability person or um you know yet like you say like oh you think of in 50 years time when you want to still run around with your kids or whatever it might be and um, but kind of putting it from that perspective that it comes down to small actions like grabbing that donut or playing on your phone while you're telling your kid to not be on the tablet is kind of like, <laughs> you know, a little bit hypocritical or yeah. you can understand why that's not sinking through. Um, so with, with uh, creating this new identity essentially for your clients or even within yourself, would you say that there are certain traits or non-negotiable habits as well that, that you you take your clients through or that you that all the successful quote unquote successful people have that um that train with you or that lose weight with you yeah so you know the, like the first thing and I, and I really can't stress it enough is to associate everything you do with something bigger than yourself and, and like to even take it a step farther of what i just said it's like if you're a parent and you could really wrap your head around that if if you choose to eat the food you're not supposed to eat, you're actually directly hurting your kid. Like you're, you're like, you got to say it out loud. Like, you know what? I don't care if I'm going to hurt my kid. I'm going to eat this piece of mm. pizza. I actually am going to hurt my kid, but that's okay because I'm going to enjoy this piece of pizza. And it's more important to me to have this than to not hurt my kid. Like you actually have to like not gloss over it, but really wrap your head around that that solves a lot of the problems like right off the bat like because most people will never make that association but when i make them say it out loud it becomes more more real to them and then like the non-negotiables it's more like i i really a lot of it is just being aware so i i, I make people aware of the difference between being happy and being proud so the thing is you can't be all right a couple things about being happy one you can't be perpetually happy because happy requires contrast. So you can't always be in a state of happiness without being in some sort of state of pain. And but but you could be perpetually proud, meaning like the contrast is built within every action of being proud. So if I want to work out and my alarm goes off and I want to keep sleeping but I get up, I just had the contrast happen so now I'm debt free and I could just be proud. Um, the same with, you know, making a choice to eat the right food. It might make me happy, but now I got to pay the debt of feeling guilty of not, you know, setting a good example for my higher purpose. But if I just choose the right food, I could be proud and proud is a higher frequency than happy. So first I just, I really just have people be aware of the difference between being happy and being proud and just choosing proud over happy all the time. And then the other thing about being happy is, you know, more people are trying to be comfortable all the time and trying to make their life as easy as possible, but also more people are depressed than ever. And the reason why is because you can't have happiness without contrast. So if you avoid all the things that cause you pain, like working out, um, you know, not eating the foods that, that you shouldn't eat, and like even like going in an ice bath, doing a sauna, all this stuff, then you don't have that contrast by which to be happy. So what happens is, if you're comfortable all the time, you become depressed. And then you think it's a drug you got to take. Oh, I got to take this medicine. I have a chemical imbalance. It's like, no, you have a laziness imbalance. You're just avoiding 
pain, but pain is required for pleasure, but pain is required for happiness. So I just really have my, my clients and myself seek discomfort, seek positive discomfort, and then they become such happier people in the contrast of all that pain. I really like the two words that you kind of introduced us to there in the sense of uh, pride or being proud. I have not heard anyone put it that way or I usually I also don't really like the term happy or happiness in general pursuing happiness I usually refer to it more as content or fulfilled but again that's that's still it has a very different connotation or real very different implication more importantly than proud because that I feel like that word proud gives you a very practical angle at things so like instead of thinking oh what's going to make me happier that salad or that pizza like you say you can reframe that and asking yourself like what's going to make me more proud afterwards in terms of what i chose um and then the the, the other thing that that you mentioned in in general was um I'm sorry, I'm having a mind <laughs> a blank now drawing a blank but in uh, i thought that the the proud um is really a very, very practical thing for people to take away as opposed to just simply, oh yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. Most people say like you need to do more hard things. And you said that contrast, and again, like I think contrast is a better way of putting it, like searching for the contrast and being aware of that as opposed to just thinking, oh, I need to do more hard things. Well, I don't want to do more hard things or uh, I need to in induce more stress or whatever. But yeah, looking for more of that contrast, I think that that paired with the proud is really, really, um, really helpful, actually. Um, earlier, yeah. you... Uh, oh, sorry. Go I was going to say, I think a lot of people just don't under... They just don't know. Mm. They just don't know that you need this pain for pleasure. They just think that like you could just be happy all the time. And they're just, they're just really not aware that the contrast is necessary for happiness. And, and they just, once they, they know that and understand that a lot of these things, you just naturally start doing because like, Oh, no one ever explained it to me. I actually have to do these hard things. If I seek comfort all the time, I'm actually going to be super depressed. There's no way. It's impossible to be comfortable and ha like, quote unquote, happy all the time. You can't be in that state and it becomes depression. And that that is why we're dealing with what we're dealing with in society right now. Absolutely. Um, you also said earlier uh, something about, you know, obviously having a finding a higher purpose, perhaps your your kids or your family or whatever it might be. And that was actually also something that stood out to me quite nicely from from your Instagram. And I'm going to drop your handle in the show notes and encourage everyone to go and um, check out your uh, your content because there are some very motivating things on there. But what I liked the most was um, that it really seems like you're making fitness and also um, healthy eating something for the whole family. Like you display, you know, you're going out for meals with your partner or your partner also seem, seems very um, fit and active, you know, like it's just, it's, it's, it's very apparent that that's a value in your family to live a healthy life. Um, and maybe you have some recommendations for us here in the sense of, um, well, perhaps doing something like weight loss together with your with your partner, or even if you for yourself decide that pursuing a healthy life is something that you want to do, um, but your partner is not on board or your kids already have a very unhealthy 
um, I guess, unhealthy habits, so so to speak. How how would you go about that? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is you really just have to decide who you are and and who you're who who you're going to be and what your purpose is. And to be honest, and I know this is going to sound that this might not sound right, but it really doesn't matter what your family's doing. It it matters. See, it, everyone validates themselves with different things. I validate myself by how close did I come each day from fulfilling my purpose. And, you know, my purpose is to give as much value in as many ways to the, as many people as possible, including my family. And, you know, a lot of times the thing is, is that when you start improving, when you start doing something that uh, like maybe you're you have a family and maybe you've been unhealthy and all of a sudden you you get you get on this thing where you're just being really healthy, disciplined, um, positive. And what, what happens is you, you it's like holding up a mirror to the other person. So a lot of times when people see you doing something that they get that they've given up on, they resent that. And then they try to pull you down because they just it's not even about you. It's that it makes them so uncomfortable seeing what they're not doing that they don't want to see it. And sometimes the closest people to us that we would never expect it from are the ones that are doing this. And a lot of my coaching clients, you know, they experience that. They start making this real positive improvement and their spouse or their family members try to pull them down. And um, so what do you do in that situation? You know, you, you're not going to, your words aren't going to change any of that. The only thing you could do to positively affect the people around you is to just be that example over time. That's it. You, you know, you really can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. So I just tell people, you got to figure out who you are and be so good at being you. Most people aren't good at being themselves because, you know, we have this conscious in us that tells us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It's a feeling we have. And a lot of people just, they suck at being themselves. And when you get really good at being yourself, to be honest, you might not be with the right spouse. It, it's possible. Like I wasn't, I was, I was married for a long time in my previous marriage. I've been with my wife now for um, nine years and she's my best friend. She's like, you see her on all my videos. She's, she's literally my best friend, my best supporter, like my perfect soulmate. But it's because in order to find that person, you got to know you. So when I first got married, I was young. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I was able to give and what I required from that person. And you cannot find the right person unless you know those things. Because, you know, like you you could get with someone that's just so opposite from you um, that it doesn't work. And so one of the things that was really important to me is that someone is as, as passionate about health and fitness as I am. Like, I really couldn't be married to someone that just isn't into fitness. I just couldn't, you know, it wouldn't work. And I would have to leave that relationship because setting an example in for my kids of suffering through a marriage that I'm not really happy in, I'm just giving them the blueprint to then go and do the same thing. So what I would do and what I did do was as I found the right person for me and now I was able to give them and I am able to give them the example of what a beautiful marriage looks like. It's not like everyone thinks you got to stay for the kids and it's the worst reason to stay. You have to go out and be your real self and live your higher purpose for the kids. 
not stay in some, you know, relationship that you're not happy in. And so all I would say to those people is, you know, pick the right partner. And if you didn't pick the right partner and you're still in that relationship, then just lead by example. That's all you can do. Yeah, I actually, uh, I really think that by trying to push them on a journey with you or drag them on a journey with you and um, even um, like some people even start uh, maybe saying some negative things about their their partner, like, um, oh, you've really gained some weight or, you know, you should start looking after yourself. While, of course, uh, you know, some nudging in the right direction in a kind way can sometimes have a place in time. But I think generally speaking, as you're saying, those that pushing doesn't help at all. The best way it really is just by leading example uh, by example. And also, of course, for, you know, your your kids or if you have teenagers or so, um, just trying to make things as, as easy for them as possible, I think, is probably one of the best things to just um, instead of having the bowl of uh, or the candy sitting out all the time, also having a fruit bowl um, out or just saying like, hey, on the this weekend, um, everyone, we're going to go on this adventure to here and there and do something active as opposed to just sitting around and watching TV or letting them, um, you know, hang out on on behind their screens, I think. That's a really important point. And of course, also the pursuit of um, of finding yourself as someone who's also divorced. I can 100% agree with that, <laughs> what you said. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can't give anyone, including your kids, something that you do not have. Mm. So if you don't have health and fitness and discipline, you cannot give that to your kids. And so even if I was with a spouse that maybe wasn't on that level, Level, I, I wouldn't talk about them and their body and or any of that. I'd be like, all right, how do we give this to our kids? What do we have to do to give the most basic things to our kids, which is health, strength, fitness, and confidence? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we do that together, me and you? You know, and, and that's that's the way I would at least try it. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. But I, I don't. I never talk about the what. The what is the weight that you're gaining. It's all about the who and the why. That's what's important, you know, and, and yeah. that all works itself out once you really define that. Awesome. Yeah, I think it 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 brings people um, to look at nutrition and, and health from a completely different angle, I believe, because everyone is always looking for the methods and what's the newest diet and the best diet and the best macro split and, and the best meal timing and, and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I, I often even hear like, oh, you know, I need more recipes or give me more recipes. And I really like, especially if someone's starting out, I try to, um, keep things as simple for them as possible, as I was saying, because I do think that that leads to the best adherence. And even just when it comes to meal, meal prep, often people are like, oh, you know, give me more, give me a recipe pack or whatever. I'm like, no, (laughs) let's just strip it back. And that's another thing, as I was saying that, that I saw on your page as well, like super simple, but beautiful meal meals and meal prepped meals. Um, uh, where do you start people off then? Like if they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. I'm, I understand. I, it's about the basics. I'm committed to, to training, etc. Um, I don't like to cook or I have never cooked. What do I do? Yeah. So, um, well, the first part, if they said, I don't like to cook, I, I would just be like, <laughs> um, I'd just be like, you're being stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't even, 
Like, like, I mean, I don't really care if you don't like to cook. That sounds dumb. I would just say like, you're sounding dumb right now. But um, I mean, I'm just really honest with people too. You know, I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm not even trying to please anybody. I'm actually just being honest with people. But, but uh, I, I really start people off with my three rules. So I have three rules of nutrition that are very different. Um, I, I actually, you know, I, I know there's a big value in doing macros and counting your calories. And I absolutely 100% know how to do all that stuff. Um, I, I rarely ever need to. Um, I don't with myself and with maybe the last thousand people I worked with, maybe like three or four people, I actually had to drill down that far. Um, you know, no matter what, no matter what methodology you use, there's, things that you have to do. So if you use macros, you're pretty much committed to weighing all your food and, you know, and basically counting everything and dividing it into the macros and then counting and weighing and making sure. So there, there's like, there's, there's different methodologies, but my three rules actually work with macros and enhance macros. So like if someone really wants to do macros, you could actually do both. So I'll, I'll break it down like really easy. Um, my rule number one is it has to do with the glycemic index. And I'm sure you know about the glycemic index, but for those who don't know, it's just a rating scale for how different foods and ingredients release glucose, sugar into your bloodstream. So for instance, a piece of broccoli is a 10. So your blood sugar levels rise very, very slowly. So slowly that nothing has to happen in your body because you just being alive is gonna burn that right off. If you have, let's say, a banana even. So a banana is like a 55 in the glycemic index. So it's going to release glucose, sugar into your bloodstream faster. And it releases it so fast that your body needs to do something. It needs to produce insulin to absorb the glucose into your cells. So insulin is the most powerful absorption hormone. And so when you have glucose in your bloodstream and you absorb it into your cells, now something has to happen with that glucose. And if it's not being used, it's being stored as fat. And that's the reason why so many people lower their calories so low to achieve a result is because they're constantly storing glucose in their cells and converting it as fat. And so I, I over 25 years, I found that the magic number is 25. So if you keep all your food, there's there's one time a day where you could go high glycemic, and I'll talk to that about that in a minute. If you keep all your food below 25, you're really not storing glucose. Like it's very difficult to store fat when you're on a low glycemic diet like that. And so that's my rule number one. And plus you don't get fooled by all the bullshit out there with nutrition. So like, for instance, like if you go to Starbucks and like a typical person, I'm sure after the first of the year, they're going to be like, I'm not going to put sugar in my coffee. So I'm going to do the no sugar, um, the no sugar sweetener, right? The vanilla um, no sugar sweetener. But the thing is, if you're looking at the glycemic index, the third ingredient in that sweetener is maltodextrin. So table sugar is a 64 on the glycemic index. Maltodextrin is 110. So what's happening is when you're having that no sugar sweetener, you're getting a massive amount of glucose that's being released into your bloodstream and it's being stored as fat. And there's so many ingredients out there and so many foods out there that people just don't realize what they're doing. Like they'll eat a cauliflower pizza from the store and the second, third, and fourth ingredient is dextrose, potato starch, and tapioca starch. So dextrose has a glycemic index of 100, which remember table sugar, 
which everyone knows is bad, is a 64. So they're eating this cauliflower pizza. They're having their no sugar sweetener. They're doing things all day long and they don't understand why it's not working. So they keep lowering their calories. They're lowering their calories so much that they're losing muscle, slowing down their metabolism. They're miserable. And then when they finally start to raise their calories because they can't take it anymore, now they have less muscle, slower metabolism, and they gain more fat back. And so just my rule number one eliminates all of that. So rule number one, I just, and, and I just tell people, just Google it. Whatever ingredients are in what you're eating, just Google what is the glycemic index of the, these ingredients. It's really easy to find. And so that's one rule that I give them. The second rule is I don't combine carbs and fat in the same meal. So I define a car. And I know a lot of people do. I'm not saying like my way is the only way. This is just my way. But um, I define a carb as anything over 25 in the glycemic index. So like, like broccoli, you know, the macronutrients of bro broccoli are carbs. There's like no fat, there's no protein, it's carbs, but it's so low glycemic that it doesn't do anything in your body. So I don't call it a carb. So I kind of redefine what carbs are. And so when you have fat and carbs, now you're storing the glucose, but that insulin is also absorbing the fat into your cells as well. That's what I found. And I had to discover this through a lot of trial and error. And then my third, my third rule is strategic carb timing. So you do need carbs, like you do need glucose. It is good to have fruit. You do need starch. So strategically, after I work out, I'll have my, I call it my strategic carb timing meal. So I'll have like maybe brown rice or red potatoes. I'll have blueberries and I'll mix the berries in fat, fat-free Greek yogurt with a scoop of whey protein. So I have my protein. I have my, my um, glucose for my, my berries. I have my starch for my potato. I'm getting all those nutrients that I need, but it's, it's strategically at the best time, which is right after my workout. That insulin is also helping me absorb the protein. So really I just, I just give everyone my three rules, honestly. And then the mindset is to attach that to something bigger than yourself, like your kids or whatever we could figure out in your life so that you will apply those three rules. And now, honestly, that's kind of all I do. Um, and that <laughs> that's, sort of that takes- sounds awesome. Yes. Yeah. No, I like yeah. that you've like boiled it down and um, it sounds very simple. And of course, we all know that simple doesn't mean easy for like in terms of the execution. Um, but uh, I'm curious, the these three rules, We before we started recording, um, I asked Steve what the name of his new or his, his book was that was coming out. And he said, it's the three. So is that kind of what it's all about yes. and where you explain that. okay very cool so yes i highly recommend yeah. everyone go and check that out once it releases and um, in the beginning of the new year i'm sure you'll be posting some stuff on your social media about that as well um and yeah in regards to the three i was going to say i especially with that last point i like that you said most people do um function better with having carbs at some point in their day so you know you're not saying like complete keto or whatever like lo really really low carb especially for strength training especially if you're also working with athletes etc you mentioned um some mma earlier on and um i i really think um in those sports especially um you know quick sports where we also need to be reactive maybe you were working with some football players or crossfit athletes or whatever it might be I think um, there that those carbs are going to be super crucial. Um, one last thing, because I, I want to make sure I'm, I honor your time, but um, one one other thing that um, I feel like is important to talk about, but not a lot of people dare talking about, and then I saw it on your Instagram, and it was kind of in regards to 
body positivity and i think it's such a um such an such a good thing um yeah i i like that you touched on it so maybe you can share your view on that with us and i think we're on the same page obviously i will share what my view is on it too but um I mean, of course, most people here um, will have seen a lot of posts or just in, in general um, media coverage about this topic and how how nowadays everyone is pushing body positivity. Everyone is beautiful and blah, 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 whatever, healthy at whatever weight they want. Um, yeah, maybe you can give us your take on it. Yeah, my take is that it's total bullshit. That's my take <laughs> on it. Um, it. You know. Uh, I mean, first, I want to say this, like back to the whole like happiness thing. So I think you you should define how you feel about something, what whatever the last feeling you felt about it was. So like some people say, well, I like to eat. It makes me happy. Okay, how did you feel when you when you were done eating? How did you feel when you woke up in the morning? Uh, I felt pretty bad. Well, like let's define it as the final feeling from the action that you took not the initial feeling because yeah, of course we could all feel good in the moment. How did you feel afterwards? Were you proud or did you feel like shit? Let's be honest. And then let's label it as like eating this way makes me feel like shit. Like that's the truth. You know, um, it's not the first feeling. It's the last feeling. And then, you know, as far as body positivity, I think that you like, when I look in the mirror, what I see is someone that I'm proud of because of the person who I am. I, I don't like, yeah, I have abs. I have all that, but I don't like, look at that. I go, that's a person who looks a certain way because he lives a certain way because I have discipline, because I have a strong mindset, because I have a goal and a purpose. And when people just, they're lying, they're, they're, they're totally lying. They're saying like, um, you should just love yourself no matter how you look. They don't love themselves because if they could press a button and be lean, they would. They would. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I can't wait till I'm 20 pounds heavier. Then I'll <laughs> even be more happy than I am now. Nobody ever says that. They're not happy. It's just a lie that we're all accepting because people are too scared to say the truth because they think they're going to get canceled or something. You know, it's just so stupid. And because of that, you know, people get mad that uh, they're 500 pounds and they have to buy two seats for an airplane. Like, sorry, we're not going to make airplanes to support doing something that's completely unhealthy and wrong. Like, it's not normal to be that way. You know, you could go ahead and be that way. Sure. Eat all you want. I mean, I know we don't all live in a free country, but I feel like people should be free to do what they want. But let's just not lie about what it is. Like we're designed to be functional. We're designed to be athletic. Like, does it really make you happy to know that if there was a fire and you had to get to the roof of a building and you couldn't even do it, that makes you happy? That makes you proud? Like, it just it's just not true. And I think it's just we've all we're seeking comfort so much that we're seeking comfort in lies, you know, and and really what I say to someone is if they are really, truly happy, if they are aligned with their conscience, if everything in their body says this is how they want to live their life, I think they should live their life three, four, 500 pounds. Go do it. But if we're going to be really honest, a lot of these people are really in a lot of pain. And what's even worse is if you're a parent and you're not fixing it in yourself, 
then you're committed to passing your pain onto your kids, onto your spouse, onto the people that you love. And I think it's one of the most selfish things you could do. You know, I don't even stay fit for me. I stay fit because my purpose is to help give value to others. That is the main reason. That's the main reason why I do it, you know, and I just think it's a really selfish thing and it's a lie. Yeah. And um, I, I guess speaking of of selfishness in that sense, um, even again, like you said, even if that person would be quote unquote happy or whatever, um, zoning out from that, it's certainly not healthy. While we know being incredibly shredded is also not long-term healthy, but at the same time, the data just does not lie that someone who is carrying or is walking around at, you know, I don't know, 35% or more of body fat and um, their health markers, collectively speaking. Yes, of course, we all know that outlier, that one person who was so-and-so heavy and they lived until whatever years, but on average, um, their health markers are going to be poorer. And then in terms of long-term and, and thinking of your family and so on, um, you're not going to be around for as long. You're going to be more of a burden. And then zooming out even further, you're going to be a burden on society you, or you are a burden on society and the healthcare system or whatever. Um, you know, you're, you're putting more financial strain on your family. So I truly agree. I, while I don't think everyone needs to be completely shredded, that you know we can define health in, in various ways. Um, I definitely um, agree with that. That that just putting out those statements in terms of oh yes, every size is beautiful, um, just so we're not stepping on everyone's toes is really just something like cushioning and putting even more comfort onto around those people so that they're not having to live in the discomfort of um, feeling uncomfortable in society so to speak like if walking around and and you know receiving some maybe scrutinizing looks or um some critical looks or whatever and by putting those labels around and just saying oh body positivity i guess yeah. they're trying to eliminate that i don't think there's anything i don't think being undisciplined lazy and lack of effort is beautiful i i don't i mean i, I don't think those are beautiful traits or qualities and and I, what i think makes someone beautiful is like is, is the type of person that they are. You know, it's it's not just what's on the outside, it's who who that person is and, and how they operate. And it's like, you know, if you go back to the parent, the, the parenting thing is just an easy example to, to give. But if you were to ask a, a, a very overweight parent, say, do you want your kids to be obese or do you want them to be lean? They would always say, I want my kids to be lean. And then I would ask them, do you think that, you're going to help them to be lean by you being lean and healthy and have knowledge and apply that knowledge or by you lacking the knowledge and discipline and being severely overweight, which way do you think would help them more? And then, so you're choosing to hurt your kids because you'd rather have that piece of pie. Like it, it's what we lack in today's society is honesty. We just lack honesty. And it's it's really gross that we can't just be honest without having some sort of fear of a financial, you know, uh punishment or or being canceled or being kicked off some platform. It's just honesty, like really just having someone look. You can't never have self-mastery without honesty, you know, and I have to be honest and call myself on all my bullshit all the time. You know, if I wasn't honest with myself, then I'd be so lost, 
And so, you know, I hope we could get back to that. You know, I hope people like you and people like me and so many people out there just aren't afraid to be honest. It doesn't mean you have to be mean. It doesn't mean you have to have like bad intent. You could say it with love and that's where it's coming from and people can feel where it's coming from. But I hope we could get back to being honest because that's what everyone really needs to heal. You can't have any improvement without being honest of your real situation. I absolutely agree. And yeah, I just love how you're living your your purpose, how you're spreading the me message. So thank you so much for your time, Steve. I'm, as I said, I will drop all your M handles in the show notes, but maybe you can point people already into the, the right direction for where they can stay um, up to date with you and where they can then find your, your outcoming book. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. For me, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. It's stevehawkman.driven. Um, when people message me, it's, it's always me replying. I don't have anyone managing my messages or anything like that. I'm a real person. And when people message me, I really, really hit them back and, and, you know, have a real conversation with them. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, motivation, nutrition, mindset, all that it's all on my Instagram. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe leave a review or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at nutrition, coaching, and life, or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.